Welcome back to Awakened Exchanges. I'm your host, Jay Rich, and I want to thank you all for joining us today. Uh, for those that are just joining us this week, I want to give you a very warm welcome to the exchange. I truly value the new thoughts and energy that gets put in each time we get a new listener. And the listeners are the most important part of this podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you more than I will ever be able to say, and I probably say it multiple times per show. But Please remember that if you have any suggestions for topics or guests, I do listen to the listeners, and I look forward to hearing from you, either from our website, or you can also contact me on Twitter, at Awaken Exchanges, or on Instagram, uh, any of our normal social medias works as well. Um, it's been a, a weird and a little rough couple of months with the universe seemingly challenging me along every step of my path. Um, my work with Tasty's Edibles is still going well, but it's busy and a bit chaotic. Uh, my personal life is also going well, but also it's uh, a lot to adjust to in a short amount of time, and there have been a lot of changes. Um, then, just getting to the, the last week, uh, we got over eight inches of snow here and two inches of ice that snowed me into the house for the like four days. Um, I was involved in a minor accident right before that happened when the rear-wheel drive of the Mustang locked up, uh, going around a curve on what was already amounting to an inch of uh, snow out there. Um, anyway, that I was able to mostly control it into the ditch. I was mostly fine. I thought the Mustang was mostly fine, but even minor damage ended up costing me $2,000. It's actually in the shop as I'm recording this right now. And uh, that was right after I got done spending $1,000 on the laptop that I uh, had to buy because, well, the broken laptop is a whole other story in and of itself, but it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Um, even after I got the replacement laptop, it's been hard to get back into the swing of things. Uh, that said, the land for the Ark is looking closer than ever, and priorities are getting set straight as I finish paying for whatever karma this is that I've incurred in this lifetime. Uh, and I appreciate all of you bearing with me. Um, it's it's good to be back with all of you. Uh, let's get to the today's episode, though. I don't want to uh, ramble too much. I know I tend to. Um, I don't know that I've ever interviewed anyone quite like Geraldine Orozco. I know that I'm not necessarily a hard questions kind of guy, though I do try to confront things that I know are patently false. Um, while parts of her life story um, may seem a little hard to believe, I never once doubted her genuineness in relating her story. I'm also inclined to give reasonable doubt when describing someone's own experiences, as my own psychedelic experiences have taught me that a lot of life is illusory. Um, as for Geraldine, I was completely fascinated by her and the interview as it transpired, including the, uh, our topics on um, holographic universe theory, um, genetic memory, DNA reprogramming, and her experience as a contactee, among many other fascinating side topics. I'm very grateful that we crossed paths, and I think you're going to enjoy this week's episode. Uh, but before we hear from Geraldine, I want to thank each of you again personally for your support. Just listening and sharing this podcast with your friends gives me a reason to keep providing the best content that I can. If you have the means and would like to contribute personally, please take a look at our Patreon page. Uh, we again get access to exclusive content and deals. Your personal support there and at Awaken Vapes are pretty much the only means of funding this podcast. And I truly hope you all know how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Like I said, I'd probably say it again. As for our other sponsors, Awaken Vapes was the first of the Awaken brands and has been helping you modulate your high with CBD-only high-terpene vape products since 2019. Magic Mind, a magical combination of ingredients designed to help you improve your energy, focus, and productivity. And Genesis Farms is still making the highest quality medicinal RSO among many other fantastic products. And remember, if you enjoy this podcast, please follow us on Spotify subscribe to us on YouTube, or follow us wherever else you're listening. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I know that every podcast says it, but that's because it really does help spread the word. You can also support us on Patreon or connect with us on the social media of your choice. We are at Awakened Exchanges on Facebook and Instagram, and at Awaken Exchanges on Twitter. All right, now, stay tuned, and thank you for listening to Awakened Exchanges.
still can't say enough about Magic Mind. They have been nothing but generous and kind since reaching out to us. And when you add good people to a great product, you're certain to have a winning combination. Magic Mind has designed the world's first productivity drink. A morning ritual built to help the creative workers of the 21st century, Magic Mind's science-backed blend of matcha, nootropics, and adaptogens work together to get you into that flow state faster, all without the anxiety or jitters that can come with caffeine. All you get is the focus and productivity. So what else could you ask for? Well, visit magicmind.co forward slash awake today and learn more about what this elixir can do for you. Better yet... Use the promo code AWAKE20, that's A-W-A-K-E-2-0, and get a total of 40% off your first order with that discount code. That comes to about $3 per bottle to help bring unbeatable focus and clarity to your life every single day. Next, we have Genesis Farms. Founded on the belief in cannabis's ability to heal, Genesis Farms is more than a brand. They're a compassionate community of like-minded folks that bring top-quality cannabis products made with love and care. You can find their products on the best dispensary shelves across the state of Oregon. Their RSO is the highest, most consistent quality in the state. Their tinctures are second to none, and their personal massage oil will have you and your partner coming back for more. Double entendre intended? possibly. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram and ask for them in your local dispensary today. You can even learn more about Genesis Farms by listening to Sean on our very own Awaken Exchanges episode number three. That brings us to Awaken Vapes, bringing you the highest quality CBD vape cartridges since ringing in the new year back in 2019. I became passionate about cannabis after a car wreck left me with major migraines and Western medicine had failed to alleviate the symptoms. After about two years, a very compassionate doctor decided to ask me if I'd ever smoked cannabis. Having only tried cannabis a handful of times in high school and college, it was this off-the-cuff recommendation that made me realize the amazing health benefits that we've been missing out from this wonderful plant please visit www.awakenvapes.com today where we still offer our three custom terpene formulations, but now with an enhanced flavor profile to go along with those original powerful effects. And don't forget, you can always email us about any wholesaling or white labeling opportunities. Last but definitely not least, the absolute best way for you to help support this podcast would be by joining our Patreon page. There you're going to get access to exclusive content and amazing merch deals, and you truly are the most important part of this podcast. So joining in in the exchange is the absolute best way to become a part of it. Thank you, and I hope to see you all again here in the future. Welcome back to Awakened Exchanges. I'm your host, Jay Rich, and I'm very excited to be sharing this episode of The Exchange with Geraldine Orozco. She's a clinical hypnotherapist and the founder of Bay Area Meditation. Welcome, Geraldine. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here, John. It's a pleasure to have you. And um, I think there's going to be quite a few in our audience who are already at least a little familiar with you. But uh, for those that aren't, would you mind telling them a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, so um, I am a clinical hypnotherapist, and um, I am also a lifelong contactee. Um, my journey began pretty early in teaching meditation groups and diving deep into the meditation practice, where I kind of discovered something that I now call DNA reprogramming, how to deprogram subconscious belief systems and matrix programming, in other words, um, in order to find that zero point self. And as a result of this practice many years and, and internal discovery, um, I experienced a very life-changing interdimensional experience, contact experience in 2013, in which I was introduced to hybrid children. And um, this is a you know interesting story we could talk about a little bit more. But as a result of that experience, it completely changed my paradigm and I had an activation of psychic abilities. So it took me into 
uh, a few years of learning how to navigate this psychic ability, how to read my multidimensional body and how to work with that information for healing. And in other words, uh, on the journey of enlightenment or knowledge and, and truth. Um, so that's kind of a, a little summary of my work. It took me into studying hypnotherapy and consciousness and all kinds of topics that you and I are going to be talking about now. And I cannot believe how much you just fit into like a minute little blurb about yourself because half of that just makes my mind want to explode and <laughs> ask so many more questions. So um, you said 2013 was the experience. What led up to that? And can you tell us a little bit about the experience itself? Yeah, it's really interesting. I had been meditating um you know, I, I, I'm an event, I had an event planning company, a very high-end event planning company, and I opened Barry Meditation and my event planning company at the same time in 2008 after I left the corporate world. And um, I basically started Bay Area Meditation just because I wanted to share the incredible benefits of meditation, both in my career, relationships, like everything, right? But in 2013, I really took a deep dive because a lot of really powerful events began to stir questions about, you know, why do we have certain experiences that we have? What leads up to those experiences? What leads up to our perceived failure or expansion or success in our lives? Those questions. And also trying to understand what love was, not in a sense of romantic love, but actually a pure understanding of what love was because I felt like I had not been familiar with that ever in my life up until that point. So as I began to dive into those questions, I went down a journey of deprogramming through my emotional body, belief systems and understanding where those belief systems were inherited from. So parents, ancestral lineage, you know, grandpa, grandma, going all the way down my lineage, I began to discover that they were rooted in very interesting perhaps socially engineered, structured ways of thinking that our society is adapting to. And a lot of that is influenced by religion, politics, social uh, structures, you know, even culture, which is literally designed from the inside out. And so it wasn't until I went through that journey that I began to understand the psychology behind, you know, why our society is where it's at today. But it was through that that I began to reach to a point of uncovering uh, perhaps the history of, of this kind of programming, social engineering. You know, why are we socially engineered in this way? What is the purpose of that? What would be the opposite of that? And it was at that point in my meditation that I was kind of diving deep, maybe about nine hours a day, because I, I began to journey into these realms of information that I was able to access through meditation. And in 2013, in October, um, one night I went to bed regular, like every other night. And um, there all of a sudden, I'm woken up by this incredibly bright light in my room. And I wait and I think it's going to go away. You know, I have, I live in a suburb, super quiet neighborhood. And there isn't a lot of activity going on here. So when the light came into the room, it kind of scared me for a minute. I thought maybe there was some, some problem going on outside. So I waited for a little while for it to go. And I looked down at my phone and my phone says 3.33, exactly on the dot. And um, that was the first time that I ever saw these consecutive numbers. Um, so I climb out of bed. And I walk over to my window and my window is was far away from where my bed was. And I'm looking out. And as I look out of the blind of the window, the light becomes even stronger. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling this incredibly powerful vibration and low rumbling sound and my entire body begins to paralyze. And I am literally pulled from the inside of my window out into the top of my garage, onto the top of my garage, where I am met with these beings that begin to emerge from this bright light. And it's almost as if time stood still. There was no air. There was no sounds, nothing. It was like stillness, absolute stillness all around. And I looked around my street to see if there was anyone that would you know, notice such an incredibly some event, you know, and, and there was nothing. Yes. And, and so as these beings uh, emerged from the light, one of them approached me and these are tall seven foot beings that look like, I guess a uh, way to describe it is kind of like 
an ant, but it's what we call a gray, right? So it's commonly known as a gray, which I learned later. But these incredible beings are like an exoskeleton type of body uh, with gray skin, um, kind of soft around the belly, but kind of like a very textured gray skin and very large eyes, giant skulls, uh, larger at the top, like a bulb. And, you know, these eyes are just immense and you can sense movement from them that is not, it's not vocal, it's telepathic communication and you can sense, you can sense them. And the intention from them was not something harmful in any way. It was very peaceful. In fact, in that moment, I was terrified, tried to calm myself down, but the being lifted the hand and I heard in my mind the word calm. And all of a sudden, all of that terror just left my body in one moment. And when that happened, um, I began to understand that I was completely not in control in that moment, you know, but I'm taken on board the craft and the craft is a, a large light that's emanating, vibrating almost shifting in its shape to the point where it's kind of like a plasma that turns from plasma into like a metal type substance. And as I'm walking on board the craft, the craft is lenticular and round, and I am taken in the direction of the left. And as, I, as we walk down that hallway, they begin to produce these holograms. This craft is conscious. It's responding to not only me being there, but also the beings. And I can feel that. Um, and as I'm brought into this hologram that they produce to kind of cover, I suppose, the actual rooms in which we're moving through in the craft, um, this uh, hologram looks like green grass and a blue sky and these giant obtuse glass buildings, which I am meant to walk into. And as I'm walking into this uh, building, I turn around and I see my aunt in her nightgown, half asleep, walking in the middle of two greys, passing directly in front of me. And when I, when I see her, you know, I, I was shocked and I was calling out to her and I was thinking, what is she doing here? Um, and, you know, she leaves into the hologram. And as I'm feeling emotional again, they begin to shift the space they remove the hologram and they begin to present to me two grays inside of this room that kind of looks like what you would think of a control panel. Um, there's a oval table with this incredibly complex, beautiful hologram of planets and numbers and measurements of some kind with, I guess, alien language of some sort. And um, it was just overwhelming. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not a person that watches sci-fi films, so to see that was just... It was mind blowing. And as I, as I see the two grays in front of me, they're presenting to me a holographic prism. And this holographic prism has eight layers to it. And every single one of those layers came out projections of information. The first layer was alien language and they would pass this incredibly complex alien language directly in front of me. And I noticed that the less I would try to understand and make sense of the figures I was seeing, the more I would begin to have images in my mind. So even their language is telepathic. And the way that the communication is, is kind of in universes. They speak of the person in the time and space. Let's say the city, the town, the country, the planet that you're in, the galaxy. You know, this is the way that they, and then the concept that they're trying to deliver so it's just this incredible way of thinking. Um, yeah, and so after that, they the next layer uh, comes out constellation of the seven sisters, which is the Pleiades. And when I was a child, I, was, I felt extremely connected to this constellation to the point where I would pray to it. I don't know why, just at a very, very early age, I would pray to it and say, uh, mother of Aquarius, you know, for some reason. And... When I saw the constellation, I recognized it immediately, um, but I didn't know it as the name of the Pleiades, you know, and it begins to form and manifest and they show me the planet Maya and we immediately transport to that planet. And as we arrive in this planet, I'm, we, we leave the craft 
and they introduce me and show me to these these tall white beings and they basically communicate to me that I'm one of those beings there I guess living a simultaneous timeline as one of them and they also show me that uh, we, we go to another place another time and space in which I am talking to uh, uh, like a mountain full of people you know and um, I, I didn't understand what they were telling me at that moment. I didn't understand what that meant, um, but it did make sense later. So we go back into the craft, and from the next layer, they begin to show me eight little lights, and from eight little golden oval lights, four of them manifest into these children in front of me. And as I lock eyes with the children, I recognize myself in them, and I'm shocked to understand that they are my children. I begin to wonder how can I have forgotten that I have children and all of a sudden the memories of having them, caring for them, other times when I had been on craft with them begin to come into my mind. And it was just such a mind confusing moment that you know it, it took a moment to kind of make sense of the life I'm currently living on earth and this life that is now being discovered, you know? And um, so the children knew that this exchange was a temporary connection. Um, and it was hard for me to make sense of that. Um, but they removed the children and I began to get very emotional. And they said, why are you suffering? Don't you understand? This is what they said to me telepathically. And they begin to show me a field of tulips on earth. And they go down to the molecular level of the tulips and they begin to show me at the molecular level the structure of an atom and how that is participant in this creation of form and how life force is kind of producing into these shapes and how we live in a network of this information. And then they show me humans and how there is a life force that is a different substance, um, more potent, that is you know, inherent to the human body, which is, I guess, what we think of as a soul. So they began to show me what, what I describe as the matrix, a holographic system of reality in which we live in. And I began to understand how everything is interconnected. And for the first time in my life, I felt this most incredible peace come over me, where I was aware of my human life and all of these simultaneous other aspects of myself that I was, you know, existing in. So. Um, I find myself at 6.15 laying upside down at the end of my bed. And um, I have burn marks here on my cheeks and my feet are dirty from the experience. And my body feels like I got hit by a truck. And um, I sleep the entire day, I mean 24 hours. And I, I wake up and I share the story with my parents and, you know, they're very supportive. They had also had contact experiences, which we hadn't talked about before. They had also had sightings. All kinds of stories started coming out. Family um, history, so, for sure. Yes, yes. And there's more to that. There's so much more to that that's just mind-blowing. But this is a common thing with experiencers. And that's the thing, this reason why I tell the story in this way. Um, because, you know, what I experience is not unique at all. There are thousands of people around the world that have these kinds of similar experiences. And the interesting thing is that the activation of psychic abilities, which kind of um, I discovered the next day going into meditation uh, with my clients, um, that I can see the entire multidimensional body. I was able to see their organs, how life force is moving, where there was stagnation, the layers of their body, things in different dimensional layers of them, information. Uh, Akashic information, ancestral, you know, just, it was just too much and too fast um, to the point where I couldn't leave my house for three months because I, I couldn't even go grocery shopping. I couldn't be around people. I was too sensitive. I didn't know how to manage that kind of information yet. Too overwhelming yeah. when you were in a crowd. Yes, very much so. Um, so, yeah, so I had to kind of train myself to learn how to use that gift. And that took several years. Um, and in 2017, I finally decided to get a hypnotherapy in order to make sense of the information that I received there, information I was uncovering through my meditations um, and into my, in my own field. 
Um, and that's when I started to download information on the origins of human, the human race and DNA, holographic DNA, and why we are utilized for the hybridization program, essentially. So that's kind of a quick uh, or, or a long story <laughs> of how, how it happened. Yeah. No, that's, um, I have only talked with one other person who claimed to be an experiencer and, um, I, I wasn't really sure what to think of it. You have always come off as so genuine and, and pure with what you're talking about that it's, it's hard to put much doubt into that, especially as I have already, um, delve fairly deep into the holographic universe theory myself. And I, I'd love to know more about what you see with that. What's the, uh, uh, I know you also mentioned the Taurus field and how that's involved. I would love to get to know your thoughts. Yeah. Um, well, you know, this is where I guess science meets spirituality. I think that the deeper you go down the spiritual path, you're going to begin, you're going to meet the question of consciousness, right? And the, the deeper you go down the science path, again, you meet the, the question of consciousness. So this is, this is the key right here is to question, you know, what is, what is, what is that consciousness? What is that life force that propels and pulls all these systems together, physical, non-physical? Um, and how do we, how do we make sense of that? So, I mean, it's a very complex topic. Um, but in terms of the universe and the structure of our reality, um, more and more science is, is surfacing about how we are more holographic physically. You know, we are bioelectric. And the fact that down to the molecular level, the cellular level, there is a vibration that is creating this torus form uh, in which energy seems to to run and move in this self-similar pattern, not only at the very quantum level in our physical body, but also in the, in the universe, uh, structures, celestial bodies, you know, galaxies. Um, As above, so below. Exactly. These self-similar patterns. And I mean, the, the examples, there's thousands of examples that we could give about this, but in nature, when you look at nature, you begin to see these patterns and they begin to show you um, how little we understand our own physical body, you know, with there's, and, and even nature, I mean, there's so much that if we would study nature more closely, we, we would learn more about our own nature as well. But where this, I guess, super conscious events begin to emerge is really when we dive deep into that unseen network that ties all of these things together. And that is where we are interconnected. Um, we humans uh, are holographic in a sense where not only are, are our physical bodies holographic, I mean, we have things like phantom limb, uh, right? We, we, we have uh, a storage system of memory that is not just in the brain. It is actually the entire body that stores information, both emotional um, and data about the body. And, and the blueprint of all that information is essentially in our DNA, this code, the code from which emerges the form of the physical body and the instruction manual that tells the the body to grow the finger up until a certain point with certain instructions uh, is residing inside something called a morphogenetic field. And this morphogenetic field is essentially the instruction manual of, of form and shape. And there, um, it, that plays along with the database of information that we hold within each one of our physical bodies. But all uh, Organisms, living organisms, abide by these same structures of law and form. So this is where you begin to understand that there is a network of intelligence that transcends beyond what we think, um, you know, is is just the DNA, the protein writing DNA, and and that's where things get really interesting because this is important and it's connected to ET contact in a way. Um, because we begin to understand, you know, the importance of this physical body. How much information are we storing? There are children that are born at a very early age with memories of 
past lives or simultaneous lives. I don't, I don't like to use the word past lives simply because when we start talking about these things, time as a measure becomes very limited and it, it doesn't function as linear as we might think. It's actually more like, again, this self-similar spherical type of structure. The math says that uh, all of time happens simultaneously. And so we just don't comprehend that quite as, you know, in our everyday lives. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So when we understand the, what that means to exist simultaneously, you know, that can be very overwhelming for, for people. Um, and that is what happens in contact experiences. We are essentially activating aspects of ourselves like I did through my meditation. Deprogramming matrix programming allowed me to access these another dimensional aspect of myself in, in these realms of contact. And there are certain laws in navigating these realms. Um, all of these experiences are also encoded in our DNA, and we cycle through them. Um, in ET contact, a lot of contactees understand that their families are experiencers as well, and it's something that's been running down the family lineage. You know, so uh, grandma saw it, grandpa, you know, grandpa, great grandma, great, you know, they, they have all been experiencing similar experiences. And I think that that's a very interesting phenomena because it draws a picture in the unknown, in this realm, in this field of information, of data that seems to pass down. How do we pass down information through the mitochondria, right? Through the DNA. It's an aggregate copy of the before. We know this through epigenetics that we pass down traumatic experiences uh, let's say those of the Holocaust, for example, a very widely known example, that people uh, that are descendants of, of survivors of the Holocaust are holding within them trauma. And, and usually they don't understand where that trauma is coming from. Um, but when you look back, uh, this pattern of inheritance is the same with these kinds of phenomena. So that's telling us that we are recording experiences, not just in the waking state, but we are tapping into a field, this morphogenetic field, in which we record information that is also occurring in this in this nonlinear timeline of experiences. You know, so this is where things start to get really interesting. And um, in terms of the holographic universe, I mean, uh, it's not so much as extraterrestrial, in my opinion, that we're in, encountering. It's interdimensional um, because. Our laws uh, of physics, time and space, uh, are very limited. In, in a sense, they're very primitive. Um, because in order to understand these concepts, we have to be able to go beyond this limitation uh, measurement of time, in, in a way. Um, so that's kind of the entryway into that. I mean, we can, I don't know which direction you want to take. We can go deeper. There are so many. Every time you, you speak, I just want to keep going off multiple tangents. So... Um, why don't we talk a little bit about the, the programming and the deprogramming and how you can access that. I, my personal, listening to you speak on it, my personal opinion was that it's, you're talking about like the epigenetic side of things, whereas we know uh, our experiences can turn on and off specific genes and those genes are actually being passed down by the time that we have kids. And from that point on, while the kid may be developing their own, they're also absorbing the information from their parents and the traumas that are being passed down as well. Am I close? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. You said it right there. <laughs> um, yeah, so then how does this uh, deprogramming function is that we begin to look at the inherited belief systems, right? And what everything that we are, uh, and, and this is from the womb until the age of seven, we are adopting belief systems, programs, and perceptions. And it's really powerful because even the time that we spend in our mother's womb um, during the gestation process, everything that our mother is feeling, if everything that the environment is you know, producing as an experience, the child in the womb, the, the fetus is also absorbing. Okay. And it creates a perception as to how the external world will be. And at the time of birth, it's very traumatizing when, when we come into birth. You know, it's a very traumatizing event because we leave this warm, uh, safe space 
into this unknown violently. And in the unknown, we are in, immediately introduced to all kinds of senses, right? Our, our senses kick in. So from the multidimensional aspect, this is the, there's a development that is also occurring of the multidimensional body. And the multidimensional body is essentially the endocrine system, which energetically, it, they are vortices of energy that are that combine together to create this physical body okay this is this is a, a product of self-organizing information in the body in order to create runways of data and the way that we store information in the chakra system from the lowest vibrational frequency of information these wave patterns of data um, are from the root up to the crown chakra okay all of that produces this holographic system this is this is beyond the physical hologram because we talked about the physical hologram producing the protein writing of the physical body but the the next layer of that is the multidimensional body so this is the projection of the information that is projected from our holographic dna because all this information is encoded in the dna and it begins to uh, implement into the body through experiences that we have from the from that womb until the age of seven, and it's in this seven years that we create all of our programs of perception. So, if you've experienced any kind of traumas of any kind, and let's define what trauma is, any kind of experience in which you experience the unknown, so you didn't know how to navigate that experience, and as a child, it can be many, right? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, and what I see, what I see with my work, working with hundreds of people in hypnotherapy and DNA reprogramming, is this incredible understanding that we inherently have a kind of wisdom, a kind of understanding of, you know, what is peace in a way, or what is uh, what is love, because in the womb, we are deeply connected to that source, to that source uh, that we are that we have within us. And every every child that I, every uh, human that I work with, when they go back to the womb, they remember that what is inherent to them is this unconditional love, this very accepting, nourishing uh, way of of seeing the world. And it isn't until they begin to experience these traumatic experiences that that begins to slowly frac fractalize, you know. And this fractalization that occurs through trauma, any moment that we experience a moment of unknown, we create a moment, a suspension of vibrational frequency that is suspended, that becomes a reference point for us. And we go back. It's like a file in a cabinet of memories, right? So that's actually how I view my memories as a filing cabinet. Yeah. And I actually pull information out. So that's interesting you say that. Yeah, exactly. And and I many, many people understand this filing that when there isn't the file that matches the next possible experience, again, it creates another moment of trauma. So in the multidimensional body, that creates a energetic point of reference. Literally, it exists as an energy point in our physical body. So when I see the body of people in these healing sessions, I'm seeing a lot of accumulation of data in the body, and it can be formed as networks of energy, stagnation, um, and sometimes these become parasites or parasitic sources, um, which I'll explain in a moment. But all of this information then over time forms in what we know through the ego, through that separate identity that is created as personalities, right? And these personalities usually are a product of the human navigating in a state of survival, essentially, right? We learn how to survive the best we can, and we apply all of the most productive traits that we have seen to work for us and apply that into who we are. And so this becomes who we are. And so what happens is that those those programs begin to solidify into personalities, but even more so because the programming is a product of learned experience through parents and, and everything. We are inheriting these belief systems and we are repeating patterns. So instead of breaking traumatic patterns that our parents and our grandparents have done, we keep repeating them. Okay. So this is where we start talking about 
consciousness, because then where does free will, where does consciousness play a role? And this also works as above, so below, the same way that we handle subconsciously our everyday life experiences, we also interact in these realms, in the non-physical realm, which I will explain in just a moment. But um, having uh, these programs um, and repeating them is basically like a computer processing system. And this is how the more we study artificial intelligence, the more we understand our own selves as well. Because we begin to see that the fine line between artificial intelligence and a human that hasn't understood where their programs are emerging from is just repeating over and over things mm -hmm. of that limited database. So when deprogramming essentially is the acknowledgement of those programs and the breaking of those programs and replacing with programs that are more expansive and healing for the organism. And this produces a very powerful transmutational process in the, in the body, biochemical, bioelectrical transmutational process that literally activates not only the immune system, but uh, the well-being of the body multidimensionally. Because the body comes into... Uh, the homeostasis, which then produces this alpha state, the alpha brain waves, yeah. right, which is the state of well-being. And what happens when we sustain that alpha state for a long amount of time, in dream time, we can begin to explore deeper levels of, of, of sleep, of brain waves. And what that does is that it begins to activate the pineal gland over time, as well as gray matter is growing in the brain through meditation, but these systems that are benefiting from this alpha state for a long time allows your ability to leave the body in dream time in a way that's very productive. And this is very interesting. Um, the government ha has, has done many, many uh, tests on this as well, um, particularly the, the aerospace um, department studying G-force that when they would put their pilots in these G-force machines to test uh, their ability to sustain that, they started to have people uh, having out-of-body experiences. And then the faster that they would move them and rotate them in that G-force, they would start having near-death experiences where they would literally see their bodies coming out of the body and you know being able to be present in this environment, in the room, uh, and remembering that and then coming back into the body as they resuscitate, right? So what that's telling us is that, again, in this instruction manual, there's a certain process to how we stay present and inhibit this physical body. We experience that, and that's been studied by many, many ancient cultures through history, Egyptians, Celtics, um, you name it, around the world have revered the study of death and the ability to navigate death. We experience these little deaths every night when we go to sleep. The body goes to sleep and we begin to navigate. So it's in these realms that we are actually having this kind of interdimensional contact and we have access to these inherited groups of information. Um, and in this case, uh, what you know, I'm connecting the dots uh, between the hybridization program and this understanding of how we function because now we're talking about a reproduction program is in a sense a procreation program um, that is utilizing the life force of humans in order to create uh, a third you know and the mechanics of that are very very complex but essentially what we learn from deprogramming to contact is that there is a certain way to bring the body into its highest optimal function. And when we, when we do that, uh, the body begins to activate higher faculties. So telepathy, intuition, and many other things um, that have been highly revered even by uh, secret government programs um, for a long time. Um, I know that that was a... Uh, one of the goals I know MK Ultra was more mind control and things like that, and uh, exactly. 
those kind of programs never really go away. They just get renamed. <laughs> yes, exactly. In many ways. And, and the, the, the worst part about that, or perhaps the most interesting part, is that these programs were the base studies for deployment of mass social engineering. All of our marketing techniques are based on this very deep psychology study right, in which uh, is the foundation of everything that manipulates or makes people or drives people to follow trends on social medias, you know, all these things that are kind of driving us forward. So we need to really take a really hard look at that and understand, uh, are we, do we have free will? You know, are we conscious? Are we aware of ourselves? Do we know why we do the things we do? That plays a huge role in our participation as humans. Um, you said that in Edward Bernays, the name came to my head and, uh, there's a great episode of, um, stuff they don't want you to know. If you listeners out there haven't listened to it, go look it up. It's, it's a, it's a really good one to tell you about that, that marketing and how much they've really done in depth there. Um, I know you were talking about these programs. Um, do you have a sense as to what the hybridization program is there for? at this point? Yeah, you know, I can tell you my own uh, understanding from everything that I have experienced and seen and with, you know, the hundreds of contactees that I work with, you begin to kind of form a kind of image. But to know, to say that one knows the truth of these things is impossible because, uh, you know, it's it's way beyond our human comprehension. It's a limited but, understanding that we can even come to. Exactly, yeah. Um, but to put it in a way that we can kind of begin to understand, um, where should I begin? Let me talk really briefly about what the hybridization program is. The hybridization program essentially is genetic data uh, taken from, let's say, the donor. And this is both man and woman. Um, either the eggs or the semen is collected and creating uh, hybridized organisms, combining human genetics with other interdimensional beings or ETs uh, species and creating hybrids that are a combination of that. It's a very chilling thought, um, but what we are actually combining is the core data in, that we were talking about, DNA, is, is a portal to accessing soul life force. Um, encoded within every cell of the body is the ability to clone. We can literally clone a whole other person with, you know, minimum information. And access the ability to anchor source life force and bring to life this other organism. This is really important and this is what it really is about because when you create an organism um, that is ho holding this soul essence, our DNA has is basically functioning like, uh, well, you have to understand the mathematics behind DNA, but there's a certain geometry to DNA, uh, ge geometry to everything, these self-similar patterns of the golden ratio, which we see in everything, which creates these spiral forms. And this spiral form is the form in which our universe is also moving at. Um, and we have that movement within our physical bodies the chakra systems, our energetic system, the multidimensional body, the way energy flows in the body, and many other thousands of micro systems in our body that also function in this same way. So in a sense, this, this spiral movement essentially functions like a vortex or a black hole or a white hole, whether the energy is uh, contractive or parasitic or expansive and co-creative. These are the two dualistic expressions in which we see in everything. But the organisms that are created are genetically modified to either be parasitic or co-creative. And this creates a range of hybridization programs from low frequency to high frequency. And 
um, the purpose of the, the children that are being created essentially is to sustain a holographic system, um, which is quite parasitic. And it really has to do with the nature of the timeline in which we exist here. Okay, so in Earth, we, we are uh, participating in experiencing duality. Duality is one of the laws of this dimension. And in that, there is the contracting and expanding. So what is contracting is going to be parasitic. What is expanding is going to be creative. So we are kind of experiencing both sides. In order to sustain this kind of exchange, we have to sustain duality. So the organisms that are being created are distributed in this way in order to continue what we know as the reincarnation cycle. Okay, so for those of you that don't um, believe in the reincarnation cycle, um, I guess after studying many near-death experiences, also my own, um, you begin to understand that there is potentially another side to this to this death, and perhaps we are quite infinite, not just tied to this physical body. So it's important to understand that because we we also study how life force is cycling through lifestyles, through life um, lifetimes. So the hybrids that are being created are utilizing all of the genetic data including all the information that we talked about, passed down through the mitochondria, trauma, programming, everything, and combining that with these other species. And what do you find in that other genetic pools is access to other dimensional information. It plays a role in what we are, and we are actually a product of that genetic modification for centuries. Um, we, we know that, we, we can know that, um, by looking at how we evolve, how we have evolved from, well, it's not just the primates, okay? We think it's the primates, but there is a gap genetically in the jump, in the evolutionary jump between the primates and the humans. And in order to understand that gap, you need to understand how, you know, uh, genetics evolve. They don't just evolve like that over time, even in the time that we think, which is thousands of years in between, we still cannot develop in that way. So the, the, the idea is that there is some kind of intervention uh, which aids that, that jump and the development in the gene pool. So our human race, if, if you look at history now, let's talk about anthropologically, if we, if we look back at the history worldwide, um, how we begin to see the origins of of the human race and the story of the book of Enoch, for example, how the story of gods coming down to merge with humans in order to create this third race. Well, we see that in many different cultures around the world. And with the Anunnakis, uh, you know, with these beings, the little winged beings that are holding those little purses around the world um, are a very in interesting indicator um, of a lot of information of how we have emerged. There's a lot of study of genetics during that time and a lot of time of understanding the preservation of certain bloodlines. So we essentially come from three main bloodlines and these three main bloodlines essentially are what make up what we are. They produce the reptilian brain that is within our body. They produce the pineal gland and they produce the lower systems and the organisms of the body. So in other words, our body is essentially, has been genetically modified into what it is today as a product of these hybridization. Mm. And I guess the question goes, well, for what's the purpose then? For what's the purpose that we were created? Well, if you take a look at our lifespans and the cycles of these repetitive uh, traumas that we inherit, it seems that we are in a hypnosis almost. It's like we're sleeping. We're unconscious until we break those patterns that we can even begin to access higher faculties and become aware of our multidimensionality. And it is then when the human begins to understand and have any kind of power over matter. 
because they begin to have a mastery not only over their physical body, but they can literally begin to affect matter. We begin to activate aspects of our DNA and of our brain, which can then connect to this system, this neural system, physical and non-physical within the morphogenetic field that allows us to access information about ancestors, the Akashic records, and everything that we are, are made up of. So the value of the human is so incredible, if you think of that. But every single um, hybrid aspect of ourselves, many people remember their Pleiadian selves, their Arcturian selves. They're just small parts of what we are, because essentially all that information, uh, the, the genetic um, inserts of, of these genetic bloodlines help us access into these realms. They help us navigate and utilize that information for our healing, for our understanding of what we are, essentially waking up and becoming whole, becoming one with all. And we are doing that in all dimensional levels. We, we should be doing that. Um, and I think that's why it's important to have these conversations of ET contact now, because we see a major shift in the world over the past couple of years that are, re are very interested in the ET. We have an entire sector now in the government, and that tells you that we are heading in the direction of some kind of di disclosure, um, I guess, generally. And we need to have these conversations because we need to understand what we're dealing with and how to navigate those realms. But the hybridization program is a program that is also terrestrial. Okay, there's a terrestrial program led by the shadow government, or let's say the government that manages the world, not just you know individual governments, um, is has has been participating in these hybridization and cloning programs for a long time. And there are many people in these programs, such as MKUltra and many other kinds of programs around the world that have experienced this, that are whistleblowers from these kinds of programs. Um, but we have hundreds of people uh, in their everyday lives that also experience that, including myself, which you don't really know what that's called or what that is until you come into this whole realm and conversation of ET contact. So oftentimes it's very hard to make sense of these experiences until you understand them. Um, so I, I guess I'll stop right there and see where you want to go with that. <laughs> um, I know that you, one of the, the big things you were in recently was uh, Extraordinary, the seating. And that was a documentary, I believe it's on Amazon right now. Um, um I know that that was opening this conversation up and getting people to kind of talk about these experiences and what the, the programs are about and the, that kind of a thing. Um, is there more on that project or future projects coming up? Yeah, so um, Extraordinary the Seeding is a three-part, uh, three-documentary series and it talks about the hybridization program in depth, uh, the process of the hybridization, what happens, side effects, the ways that it manifests into the physical. Um, and then it also talks about the spiritual aspect. So I highly recommend it. Um, I've also been participant in many other programs, including UFO Witness with Ben Hansen, which also went into the topic of hybridization um, and took a lie detector test actually <laughs> to see, um, you know, whether this experience was just an emotional impact or, you know, was there some other aspects to it? Um, but there, there have been many other projects that I've been a part of. I guess if you're interested in seeing them, you can check out uh, my IMDB. Um, but I've worked with several um, people that have been experiencers trying to make sense of this contact experience as well. And I guess the purpose and the interesting thing about that, even, even a very popular show with uh, Demi Lovato, which is a singer, um, she also uh, explains her story as being an experiencer, participating in the hybridization program. And I mean, the actual show itself doesn't quite touch on the depth, 
in-depth conversation that we had that was just mind-blowing about the ET contact experience. But she goes through that process of discovery. So what that's telling us is that this is coming into mainstream, and there's always a reason for that. And I think it's important to pay close attention to what the government is drip disclosing and what social media and the entertainment industry is doing with that information as well, because this is all participant of social engineering. We need to be mindful of that. Um, but the other side of that is the preparation that each human can do, you and I, um, in understanding how to navigate interdimensional contact, because the important thing is that humans have access into many dimensions constantly, uh, whether it's ghosts, you know, this kind of phenomena, these poltergeist type of experiences, um, you know, all of these things are our access into the unseen realm. And the more the human deprograms matrix programming and activates their higher faculties, the more they understand and have access to information that transcends anything that we've been taught in schools or is very easily available. Now, the, 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 the program on Earth is about procreation. It's about creating children, right? Our families, the children that we have. And those children are the inheritance of our programs. So we have to be very mindful in parenting in how we bring life into this world. There have been many, many ancient practices and techniques that have been hidden for many, many centuries about alchemical transmutation, alchemical sex um, practices. And the interesting thing about that is that when you study some of these very occult ancient literature about these practices, they were, uh, the practice of sex was highly, highly a divine thing that um, the cultivation and the preservation of that sexual life force energy was really important in cultivating higher faculties, in activating the pineal gland, in activating your intuition and your, your sight and knowing and higher way of love that is, is beyond the carnal physical love or romantic love that is sold by Hollywood, which is meant to confuse us away from the pure love that is creative life force. So these uh, techniques in the preservation of life force, when two individuals um, practice that and they have a child, the child is born with high memories of these simultaneous and past lifetimes, their DNA is more activated and they have more access to these realms through their DNA. So the difference between a child that is brought through unconscious procreation is that the child is deeply programmed in that trauma state. So even for the way that we procreate on earth, there is a way to procreate in a way that is more creative rather more than- conscious parasitic or yeah unconscious so this is this is uh, i think the most powerful takeaway from the hybridization program because even in these programs they design these procreation scenarios in a way that is very traumatic or in a way that's highly blissful ecstasy loving and that helps us understand the importance of what happens when we activate the body into its highest functioning you know, so, yeah. Well, I, I know that we're getting close to the end here. I think yeah, we could talk for hours and hours and I would love to have you on again sometime, but I know that, uh, April, I believe 21st through 23rd, you're going to be at the portal to Ascension conference in San Diego. Yes. 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 I really want to invite everybody to join us. It's going to be an incredible, incredible program. And let me just, um, grab one of these little flyers just to show you here. Um, yeah, so this is the conference. It's going to be in San Diego. We have these incredible speakers, um, JJ Hurtak, Adam Apollo, Coraline Corey, um, Robert Edward Grant, Barbara Lamb, uh, Lori Spagna, uh, Sheila Seppi. I mean, so many people, Phil Groover, 
Neil, it's going to be amazing. So yeah, if you're in San Diego and you want to check it out, get tickets right away. It's going to be amazing. And I hope, uh, I hope you join us too. John. I actually yeah. think I will be there. So it'll be good to see wow. you in person. So um, what will you be talking about there? I'm going to be talking about holographic DNA and the mechanics of ascension. Um, we're going to get really deep into what it means to be a human and how to access free will. So we'll talk about like, how do you actually access free will? How do you procreate in a way that is productive and co-creative? I love it. Looking forward to hearing your talk. Any last words of wisdom before we go? No, I, I am. It is such an honor to be here, John. Um, and if I can leave anyone with anything, it's to, uh, remember yourself and to cultivate unconditional love, which means seeing all things as a part of yourself and to remember that you are all and nothing simultaneously, not only in this dimension, but in all dimensions in which we encounter uh, anything that we see. So, I love it. That's a great way. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. You too, John. Thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Exchange. I want to once again thank Geraldine Orozco for joining us this week and sharing such a unique story. I know I won't soon forget our conversation. And last but certainly not least, I want to give a special thanks to all of our listeners. You are the reason I continue to make these podcasts and keep spreading the word about these amazing Awakened Vapes. Please tell your friends about us, follow us on Spotify, subscribe on YouTube, or wherever else you're listening, and please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I know every podcast says that because it really does help with visibility. You can also support us on Patreon or connect with us on the social media of your choice. We are at Awakened Exchanges on Facebook and Instagram, and at Awaken Exchanges on Twitter. Thanks again for listening to Awakened Exchanges. Have a blessed day.